Welcome to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. In many cultures, the phrase, beauty is only skin deep, relates to a person's intellectual, emotional, and spiritual qualities. However, what most people are exposed to first is the physical beauty of a person, place, or thing. Today's topic is stepping from pain to purpose. Many people are faced with some form of pain during their lifetime. A decision must be made after experiencing that pain. Will you allow the pain to cause you to grow, or will you allow the pain to allow you to shrink back or stop? Today's guest is Denise Hill. Denise was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. She received her bachelor's degree in human services from Judson University and her master's degree with a concentration of marriage and family. She's a certified addiction professional and a certified electronic therapist with the Florida Certification Board. She has worked in the substance abuse field for almost 20 years. She has a passion for serving others born from personal experiences, and and she has used those adversities as stepping stones to help others find their strength, their voice, and their courage to live through their pain. So welcome, Denise. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being my guest today. So we'll dive right into our questions. Thank you. Um, just tell our listeners a little bit about your past. Okay. Um, I was born a middle child. I have one sister and three brothers. And looking back, I did fairly well in middle school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Life kind of moved along, and I got pregnant at 15, had my daughter at 16, started drinking, and mm-hmm. I dropped out of high school. And then I went, and got, went back and got my GED. Started doing drugs, and things got progressively worse really fast. Mm. I had my son at 23, and life just kind of took a turn as a single parent. And I just started doing a lot of crazy things that kept me going down a spiral Mm. that led to a lot of bad things. Wow. Wow. And such is life. You know, I think think everyone has a story that they can share, and, and some stories, you know, there's there's uh, trajectories where that may go down, and so there's other stories where the trajectory goes up. But I think, in, mm-hmm. as the saying goes, what goes what goes up must come down. So in either case, yeah. I think um, you can see, you know, there are some some things that we can all reflect back on and say, wow, you know, that wasn't a good part of my life. I did I, would, I didn't make some some good decisions there. And then there's other areas where we're like, you know what, I didn't do so bad. And so. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for sharing that, just a, a brief history of your past and and um, where you are, where you find yourself in the trajectory of the family dynamics, you're the middle child, and and um, I'm sure getting pregnant at such a young age was um, was not ideal, and then you, you, you um, ultimately had to make a decision and, or decided to, to drop out of high school, but then you went back and, mm-hmm. and you decided, hey, you know what, I want to still go back and, and get my degree, so you did go back and complete your your GED, so congratulations on that. Thank you. You're welcome. And so, of course, life continued to, to take its twists and turns, either up or down, and you found <laughs> yourself again um, having another child at 23, and, and as you mentioned, um, things just continued to turn um, for you. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit more about some of those things that you got into in terms of addictions and, and what, what happened after that? Well, as the youth picked up, I was smoking cigarettes, definitely got addicted to cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, food, the fast life, 
um, mm. selling drugs, yeah, getting caught mm. up in the street life and thinking that that was better, exposed the kids to way too much stuff that they should have been exposed to, and mm-hmm. trying to find my own way, being right. a young mom mm-hmm. and trying to acclimate to whatever society presented me with. I rose to whatever I needed to in the name of survival and did some definitely dark, secret things. Mm. Mm. And are you are you um, free enough to say, are you open enough to, to share some of those things that um, yes. you found yourself engaged in? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Healing is a, a beautiful journey. So it is, I definitely. ended up... Mm-hmm. I ended up and stole a lot. I definitely became a kleptomaniac, as my grandma called me. Mm. And um, I ended up in prostitution because the progression of the use just kind of disconnected me mm-hmm. from myself, and I thought that's who I had become. And wow. I did a lot of emotional and mental damage to a lot mm-hmm. of people, more so my children because they were the closest to me. And just became disrespectful, unruly, and thought the world owed me something. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I think, you know, as you talked about that, you know, just the whole emotional and mental damage, and you said you felt like it was more of your kids because they were closest to you. But I would always, I would, I would, I would beg to differ there, if I may. And I would say, you know, um, maybe there was more emotional and mental damage done to yourself. Um, well, I was already checked out, so I couldn't help mm, but hurt them because wow. I was taught hurt people hurt people. And that is so true. It, it, it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's cliche. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I've, no, it's I, I personally have found that there, there is some truth to that. And mm-hmm. um, it, it is unfortunate that hurt people do hurt people. And sometimes when you're in those painful situations and things, you don't even realize you're hurting. And it's not exactly. until you are healed that you can look mm-hmm. back and say, oh, my gosh, I, I hurt this person or I did that without even, you know, in some cases you may realize it, but in, in, I, w- I would say in most cases you have no clue um, right. and, and because you are scar- healed. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, because the scars that they're left with, you don't really know the, the depth of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I got clean looking back over my life, I know my parents loved me. I know they did mm-hmm. the best they could. I just was left with a lot of scars, and it just mm. opened the door for me to make some negative choices that some led to mistakes. a lot mm-hmm. of consequences. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But you were able to turn things around. You you continued yes. to persevere, and and yes. I think that's a beautiful thing because some people just succumb to those, those painful areas and just say, you know what, enough of this. I can't deal with the pain. Mm-hmm. But yet you, you persevered and you continued to, um, to heal yourself and to, to see those areas in which um, you've kind of gone down the wrong path. And, and you decided to, to go on to, uh, to college. And um, tell yes. us about that experience to go to college and, and get your degree in, in human services. Yes. So when I, um, after 22 years of active addiction, I went into Mm -hmm. a halfway house for a little while and someone told me that I look smart and I should go to college. Mm. And I said, okay. So I went to college and it actually took me 10 years to get a two-year degree. Okay. And I finally saw my daughter graduate and I remember sitting in the audience saying, if the apple don't fall far from the tree. If my baby can do that, what can I do? 
Wow. And I just buckled down, and I transitioned and went for my bachelor's. And then when I got my bachelor's in human service, within like the next year, year and a half, I was in school for my master's and graduated with my master's by the grace of God. Wow. What a, what a beautiful thing. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Congratulations. You're welcome. And I just think that's, that speaks to the, the power of words. And um, as you mentioned, you know, growing up you may have heard some things or even seen or been, been subject to some things that weren't so uh, favorable. But then after you had found yourself spiraling down and, and getting involved in alcohol and drugs and some of those other things, just uh, in that rehabilitation place of going to the halfway house, someone just spoke those words of, you look smart. And just mm-hmm. those, you know, those three words just ignited something in you, which I think yes. was a beautiful thing, and, and, it, and it gave you a belief that, hmm, maybe I am smart. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then to actually see your, your child do something, uh, continue to ignite that flame and, and caused you to, to pursue um, getting, getting that degree. And, you know, delay is not denial. You said it took you 10 years to get a two-year degree, but I think that speaks even more to to just the perseverance of who you were and, and what you wanted to accomplish despite the, despite the rocky, rocky beginning. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to you on that. How did you find yourself breaking free from, from those painful things and addictions and, and getting into that halfway house? Being raised um, by my grandma, my grandma kind of mm-hmm. raised us, she took us to church a whole lot. So spirituality mm-hmm. has been an active part of my life, and prayer has always and still is my go-to when everything else fails. Mm. And just praying to help me, praying, asking Mm -hmm. God to help me help myself and going into treatment, like I said, and then I had the connection, I had some support, and my family was around me, even though I did a lot of damage, they were still encouraging me to Mm. get better, and just doing the work finding out what was going on with me, doing the internal work, because at the end of the day I had to really turn around and look at myself and see what kept me so disconnected that the drug became my out, that all those Mm. maladaptive behaviors became my reason to hurt me. Mm. And uh, just finding that voice within me. I remember being in treatment, they asked me, what's the most you lost while you were Mm -hmm. out there? And I said, I lost me. Mm. because I was raised with morals and values, and I had dreams and aspirations, and they took a back seat, and I'm so grateful that I got a chance to reawaken them and actually go far beyond anything I could have hoped for. Right. Well, congratulations. That truly is a beautiful thing, definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. And we're going to get ready to go on to a break, but uh, just before we do, you, you talked about one of the things that you um, – one of the questions that was asked was, was uh, what, is, what was the one thing you, you – um, you know, you felt like you lost the most, and you mentioned it was it was yourself. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in, in some form or fashion in terms of um, just just life. And and um, you know, I think a lot of times we can get caught up in the you know helping others or trying to do for others or some some form or facet of of of, of being addicted to. It may not necessarily be the cigarettes or the alcohol. It could be just addicted to pleasing someone else. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to um, putting ourselves first. So what right. would you say was the the um, the aha moment for you that was like, okay, I've got to get back to, to, to me? Was there an aha moment for you? 
Oh, there was a couple of aha moments. The biggest one was I was walking down the street getting ready to go to my corner, as I called it, because at the Mm -hmm. end of my use I was prostituting, and Mm -hmm. I just started crying. Mm. And it was such an intense cry, and it felt like God reached his hand down from heaven and said, that's enough from over there, come over here. Mm. And when I got done crying, I knew I was done. Wow. Wow. I've been over here. There's such a release of that crying, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Well, with that, we're going to go into our first break. Welcome back to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. Today's topic is stepping from pain to purpose, and we've got our guest, Denise Hill, with us. She received her bachelor's degree in human services and her master's with the concentration in marriage and family. She's a certified addiction professional, is a certified electronic therapist with the Florida Certification Board. She's worked in the substance abuse field for almost 20 years. And welcome back, Denise. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me, just before our break, we talked about just that aha moment and and um, when you finally reached the point where you, you realized, um, okay, you felt like God was speaking to you and said, enough was enough. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing that, that you were able to not only just recognize his voice, but you were able to, to turn around and, and make changes uh, to your life, and, and I commend you for that. Congratulations on that. I Thank trajectory you. change. You're welcome. And so once you were able to to finalize things and go through the halfway house and you, you started on the uphill journey of, of getting your, your bachelor's and your master's, what was it about it? What what made you decide that you were going to go back and, and reach and, and help others? You know, I was actually called to this work. Mm. Mm. I was actually a secretary having a great time. Mm-hmm. And people used to tell me for years that I would make a great therapist, and I never really understood it, but now I understand it. Having gone through and lived all that I've been through, I was being prepared for the people that God was sending my way for me to be of service to. Mm. And That's being good. called to do this work, it's bigger than anything I could have asked for because it's like going to work every day getting paid for free because mm. I so enjoy what I do. And that's what they say. That's the best thing to do, right? If it's something mm-hmm. <laughs> that you would do. Yeah. If there's something that you would do for free, that's really when you found your, your passion. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. Um, so tell us a little bit, how, what would you describe, how would you describe your your ideal client, so to speak? I mean, you've walked this journey, and so um, because you do have knowledge firsthand of some of the things that, that some other um, people who've gone through addictions, you know, may have experienced, what, <clears throat> is there such a thing as an ideal client that, that you would find yourself uh, describing? Well, my ideal client would be anyone that's seeking help, anyone that has a question about an angst, uncertainty, Mm -hmm. drugs, because maybe they don't know that it's that bad. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I know being an African American, I was taught that we don't go to get help. You don't go right. to therapy. You deal with your right. own issues. Mm-hmm. So once that was broken and I did end up in therapy, once I realized it's such a hidden, it's like a great treasure that's hidden. Mm-hmm. So when someone picks up the phone or search my website, it's like whomever is on the other end of that phone, that's my ideal client because it takes so much courage to pick up the phone and realize that you need some help. That is true. That is true, and I believe that's that's really the first the first step is is just acknowledging the fact that you do need help. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I would I would um, I would say definitely that's that's a great thing that that's the ideal client is just anyone that's willing to say, you know what, I do need help. So mm-hmm. um, that is awesome. And tell us a little bit more about the uh, certifications you have. So you're a certified addiction professional, but you're also yes. certified in electronic therapy. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit more about those. So the certified electronic therapy is the telehealth through the state of Florida. And okay. I'm able to do therapy via phone or we can do it um, through Skype or we could do conferencing if they choose to. And it's a less intrusive way because Mm -hmm. nowadays a lot of people be uncomfortable to come outside. Some people still like traditional therapy, but Mm -hmm. then there's those that get a little uncomfortable, and it's like the comfort of their own home at their own leisure, setting their own hours, and knowing that someone is available Mm -hmm. to help them. And it, it just allows them to work through whatever that fear, angst, anxiety may be. So it's just another option. And would you say that's just as effective as the traditional therapy that's offered to most clients, or would you say that the traditional, with that, you know, hand-to-hand, eyeball-to-eyeball kind of connection is, well, I guess you're still with your phone or Skype, you still kind of have that eyeball-to-eyeball connection, but it's not that necessarily physical connection, correct? Would you say it's just as effective? It, I, I would definitely say it's just as effective. And nowadays with the modern technology, like there's mm-hmm. so many new vehicles being introduced as far as communication, and whomever created the telehealth vehicle, the avenue has opened up a world to so many people that probably struggled and wanted help and didn't know that it was there. Mm. I think it's, uh, an, a, it's like a loving invitation to pick up a phone and call like you're talking to a friend. But at the same like, time, if you're mm-hmm. calling to find out some information, you can just ask a lot of questions and just be inquisitive to see if this is an avenue that you would right. like to explore. That's awesome. That's awesome. It makes me think, I can't even think of the name of the show now, but I remember one of the options being you, you can call a friend. <laughs> and as mm-hmm. you said, that, yes. that's what I talk about is it's, it's just phoning a friend just to say, hey, yes. I don't know the answer to this question here. Can you help me mm-hmm. out? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's yes. awesome. That's awesome. So describe a little bit about your approach when you're working with clients. Is there a certain approach you take with clients when you're working with them in terms of their addictions and things of that matter? Well, I have a couple of approaches that I uh, go to. I use a couple of different – I use multiple modalities, and okay. uh, all of them are evidence-based. So I like cognitive behavioral therapy. I like psychotherapy. I love family systems therapy because mm. I believe addiction is beyond just a person. And unless they're going to live on an island by themselves, they'll right. need the connection and the support of others. So you have to address the whole unit. 
mm. and stuff. Um, okay. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different approaches. And I think that's a beautiful thing as you talk about the whole family system therapy, and I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm good, you know, I don't I don't really need any help, but, you know, we, we actually need each other. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it's it's just vital that it's something about that human connection, just like the human touch and, and some of those other things, as long as it's yes. healthy, I think it's it's definitely something that is um, that is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So previously, you mentioned that you you felt like you were called into this work. Like this is something that you people would often say to you. Oh, you know, you'd be a great counselor, and I guess you never really thought much about it until right. um, having some life experiences, and then. After you um, came out of those experiences, you realized how much of an effect you could have on others. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say has been the, the best part of of being able to um, being able to help others and 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 also help them find out find their their voice or find their strength? What has been the best part for you? I've been gifted with the ability to help people turn around and meet themselves. Mm. So I use this approach called treasure chest work. Mm. And it's similar to a wonderful treasure chest people hold their valuables in. I Mm, just use it in a clinical model and say, what are you harboring that you've barricaded, put in layers of, sometimes it's cemented because we've held on to it for so long, but we value it and it's Mm -hmm. not helping us anymore. So to be able to help them know that while it's a treasure in the sense of you've held on to it, it's not getting you to where you want to be. It hasn't accomplished that this is my goal, this is where Mm -hmm. I want to be in my life, and it's hindering Mm -hmm. me. So to be able to help them start looking at it, loosening the soil, and kind of getting their voice back, kind of of gaining their own strength back to become empowered to say this is not where I want to be, this is not what I want to do anymore, and I am Mm -hmm. capable of being stronger and making healthier choices. That's awesome. That's a really beautiful thing. Wow. So um, for those who, who I, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a process for those who may have that, that treasure chest and whatever that thing is that they're holding on to, um, do you put a timeline on it? Do you say, you know, I mean, of course not, maybe not verbally, but is there a timeline in your, in your mind or in your, the modalities that you're using where you, you feel like you should see results in, you know, oh, a month or... Mm-hmm. Well, the the gift with therapy is when you do the initial session, you have a treatment plan where you, you have the assessment process where you and you, you collaborate with the client mm-hmm. and cre- you create a treatment plan because they have an idea of what they want to work on and mm-hmm. how long they want to be in therapy. So you try to handle the situations that they bring up or the topics with kid gloves to empower them with some tools because they may want to stay maybe three, six weeks. They may want to stay three, four years. But whatever Mm. the window is, the goal is to always see them leaving you stronger than what they came in with. So whatever that looks like, whether it's self-esteem, communication, setting boundaries, feeling more assertive with themselves, you want to kind of gauge it and check in week to week to see mm-hmm. if they've implemented or if they've become stagnant. Because even if they become stagnant, that's still an indicator of something. So we get to work on that as that's well. That's good. 
That's good. Well, and one of the phrases you, you mentioned while well, well, saying that was, was kid gloves. And, and what does that mean when you when you say that? I kind of chuckled as you said it. <laughs> That's your very good chuckle. Because a lot of the people that come to therapy their issues are so deeply rooted, and they don't Mm. know the pain that's behind it. So to just try to snatch it off, it will Mm -hmm. cause them more damage. And that's wow. to do so, you want a slow step towards it to kind of help them piece it apart. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. I I guess as you're saying that, I think about the, um, you know, the person that has a wound and they've got a Band-Aid over it and the person may Mm -hmm. be a little bit hairy. (laughs) And and like, please don't just rip the bandaid off because you're going to pull my hair. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you've got to just go carefully and just Mm -hmm. slowly Mm -hmm. remove the bandaid so that it doesn't cause more more pain as you're pulling off that uh, bandaid to to show the the beautiful healing that's taking place Mm -hmm. underneath that. So that's great. That is great. So how does one... um, how does one who, who's, who's ready to uncover what's in that treasure chest or release what's in that treasure chest, how do they go about saying, okay, I'm ready to work with the counselor? What would you say, um, what would, I guess, acknowledging is the first step, but then after they've done that, how could they say, oh, I think I want to work with Denise? Like, what would you say is the next step for them to find someone that they're comfortable with? Well, there's a lot of vehicles out there for them to explore. Like I'm on Psychology Today, and I have a website and stuff, so they can look around and see if some of the services that I offer is something that they're looking to work on or they feel we could be a fit. Also, Mm -hmm. the usually, I know for me, my my initial session is free. So mm-hmm. to call and want to talk just a question, get a feel, and kind of see if this is something that you're interested in. It don't cost you anything other than mm-hmm. to pick up the phone and dial the number. Right. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so then how does one who's gone through, you know, three months or three years of, of counseling, how, does, how would you say what's the best way to move from actually working with the counselor to saying, okay, I've got this, and, and just being able to recognize those triggers um, mm-hmm. that's kind of taking them downward versus going upwards, and how do they begin to help themselves? It's kind of like teaching them how to step down slowly because the transition mm. is getting ready to take place and where they've come to a place where they've gotten services and support of someone, they become their supporter now. Mm. And you kind of want to teach them this slow process of transitioning Sometimes you can make a referral if they want to go maybe less because sometimes they may want to come once a week. Maybe to Mm -hmm. step them down, they make it come once every two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Also, Mm -hmm. you can um, continue to stay connected with them and let them know to call if they need to because one thing you don't want to do is um, leave them with the feeling of abandonment. Like I've worked with you all this time. Now all of a sudden I can't talk with you. So you Mm -hmm. always want to have that line of communication open and helping them prepare for the celebration in the work that they've done and just letting them know, reminding them of the work that they've done and the tools that they've gained and this, awesome. the steps that they continue to take to find the life that they've been looking for. Mm, that's good. Awesome. Okay. That's great. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? I just would like to say if there's anyone out there listening that's wondering 
possibly thinking about it, nudging, feeling uncomfortable. If you get to make a phone call, there's no harm in asking questions. You can look around. You can talk with different people. And most therapists really do have the option for you to have a first initial session because they want you to get the help that you need. So if you're struggling and you can't do anything else but just pick up the phone, I would encourage anyone to make a list of questions that you want to ask first. Don't even Mm -hmm. look to talk about fee. Don't even look to talk about how long we need to be in there. Just try to see if it will be a fit for some of the things that you're looking to work on. That's awesome. Great. And for those who may want to reach out to you and just say, hey, okay, I'm ready to pick up the phone, what number can they call? They can call me at area code 561-504-0311. Awesome. And then you also mentioned that you're on Psychology Today, and then is there another website as well? Yes. My website is called treasurechestwork.com. Great. Awesome. So you've heard it first. So if you want to reach out and you feel like you need a counselor or just someone you can talk to and see if maybe there's a connection, you can reach Dr. Denise Hill at 561-504-0311. You can also visit her website at treasurechestworks.com. To stay connected with me, you can follow me on Twitter at ZWeeks01. Remember, beauty is more than skin deep. It's truly in the eye of the beholder.